This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. Dairy Brothers Tribecast is back with you on a Wednesday here in early February. Matt and Todd with you, brought to you by our friends at WaitingForNextYear.com. And also, our sponsors, BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, the best t-shirts around for any occasion and for any sports fan. And of course, the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein. Matt and Todd, with you, Todd, I, I tell you, Friday night was a bit of a stunner. And uh, the phone call that I uh, lobbed to you on Friday night to tell you about Eddie Rosario, that just, uh, that was fun. That was fun. You were excited. Yeah, you uh, gave me some breaking news. That was exciting. I was uh, in Ellicottville, New York, and I was uh, skiing, and uh, I was in Uncle Kenny's cabin, and very bad cell service and no Wi-Fi by design. You know, and here we go. You called me and you're like, dude, you believe this? I'm like, what? You're like, Eddie Rosario. I didn't believe it. I, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, you started sending me the tweet. I mean, we, you and I have talked about, have been talking about Eddie Rosario since he was DFA'd by the Twins as the ideal guy to add to the Indians outfield. And this is Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio versus the World an American history podcast. On Ohio vs. the World, we'll travel back in time with the authors, historians, and even witnesses to visit the most exciting, consequential, and too often overlooked topics that have shaped America's history. There seems to be an Ohio connection to so many important moments. When you said uh, Ohio versus the world, we did some damage. So join us and we'll take a deep dive to enlighten, educate, and entertain you as Ohio vs. the World makes history fun again. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. I kept saying, you know, I, I know that Ags, Ags and, and I had this conversation, and, and people were asking me, other people were asking me, you know, sending me texts like, what do you think? The Indians going to add an outfielder? My, my neighbor, the great Mike, he asked me too. He's like, what do you think about Rosario? I was like, dude, you're crazy if you think we're getting Rosario. I figured someone would give him, you know, one year and 10 million at least. It seems like that's the way everyone's going with these one year, 
deals, you know, with the uncertainty coming up with the collective bargaining agreement expiring at the end of this year. But never did I think that he would fall into the Indians' price range. And I think I even said that on the last podcast we did last week. But, hey, Eddie Rosario as a Cleveland Indian is going to be hitting in the middle of this order and instantly gives the team the exact boost they need. And it makes me as a fan feel it's amazing how much better I feel today than I did two weeks ago before Cesar Hernandez and Eddie Rosario were signed. Oh, I, I mean, it's it's night and day. And look, no one's uh, saying there's going to be a parade down Euclid or or anything like that, you know, or, or East Ninth at the moment. But, I, I mean, there's, there's certain guys that you like on other teams. I mean, we're Indians fans first and foremost. And we love the Tribe and we watch every Tribe game, but, you know, there, there, there's certain guys on other teams you just go, my gosh, I can't stand this guy because he kills us. And Eddie Rosario is that guy for me. I, I, there, I remember watching Tribe Twins games going, don't even pitch to him. Don't even, like, walk him on purpose. There's nobody on base. It's a 5-5 game. I don't care it's the eighth inning. Don't let him see anything because he'll hit it out. The three home run game he had against the Indians a few years ago, the, the home run he hit off Clevenger that was basically the ball was in the dirt. <laughs> in the other batter's box, and he hit it to left field. I mean, this dude can hit, and he's flashy, and he's obnoxious at times, and I like that. And and, and the Indians are in desperate need of any outfield help, and to get him for one year and to get him for $8 million is a total steal, total steal. Do you know what's crazy? You know how old he is? Yeah, he's 28. He's yeah, he's, he's, he's 29. He'll be This season he will be 29, okay? Bradley Zimmer, I think, is 28 years old. Correct. Oh, please. Okay. Don't, don't even put him in the same sense. But, but, but I'm saying, like, I still don't quite understand why the Twins DFA'd a guy who essentially has been an everyday player for them for the last four years. Correct. Five years, for that matter. Four years. I mean, really, four. Yeah, really, but five, yeah. yeah. is right. when he came up and became a regular. But a guy with pop in his bat... You know, decent enough glove, but I mean, you look up and and you know his these are his these are his OPS numbers for the last four seasons. Okay, eight thirty six, eight oh three, eight hundred seven ninety two. <laughs> In those seasons, yeah. he hit thirty five, thirty, twenty two, and would have been on pace for thirty nineteen. In 57 games last year, which would have put him on pace for uh, I think thirty five. Okay. Why, why Why? would the Twins, and maybe you know better than I would, why would the Twins DFA him? I mean, I know it. I'm well, they've sure got, they've got guys. They've, system, well, you're right. They've got guys coming up, you, you know, Kirilov, among yeah. others. They've got some young outfielders, and this is a, this is a, a, money, a penny pinching move. They knew they were going to probably have to re sign Nelson Cruz, which they're going to do. Um, yeah, they so added, last night they gave him one year and $13 million. And and comes back to our conversation from last week. He was waiting on National League teams, and then he just said, "Screw it," because there are a couple of National League teams that wanted him. But he just said, "Screw it, I can't wait for the uncertainty anymore. I'm going to go back to Minnesota because the you know Major League Baseball can't get their shit together." Okay, no, sorry, no, they <laughs> they signed Andrew Andrelton Andrelton Simmons. They felt like they needed to upgrade. At, I guess their defense at shortstop. Although to me, Jorge Polanco is a really good player, but they'll move him to second. And I guess they figured. Where can we cut costs? 
And that's the one spot because he's going to be a, Rosario would have been a free agent after this season. So he would have probably commanded a big time deal. And I guess they figured instead of going to arbitration and having to spend $10, $11 million on a guy, um, let's cut him loose and, and fill that spot in. Maybe a rise moves to the outfield. Maybe Kirilov is the guy, but it's a cheaper option for them. And yeah, Alex, yeah, yeah, you're right. Alex Kirilov was, for those who don't know, has been the the Twins' top prospect. And last year, he came up. They even brought him up and started him in his major league debut in a in the playoffs. Game. You're correct. Yeah, which is crazy. But, but I mean, this guy just, he's a terror to the Indians. An OPS of over 1,000, a progressive field? Seriously. I mean, this is the guy. When the, when the Twins, when, the, when you're right, when they didn't offer him a contract um, and, and declined his option or whatever, DF8, you're like, wait a minute. What? But, but there's just no way. And then, you know, shout out to Terry Pluto. Sorry, Terry, but Terry Pluto wrote two weeks ago, yeah, there's some people that say Eddie Rosario. I'm hearing there's no way there. Uh, well, he was wrong. I mean, this is he the perfect say, guy. He did say, he, I agree. Pluto did say, however, that they were going to reinvest that money that they saved uh, by trading uh, Francisco Lindor to the Mets, which I didn't believe. <laughs> so so I'll give him that. Um, another good thing about adding him is uh, adding Eddie Rosario is it's a big subtraction from a guy who the Indians faced 19 times a year and absolutely destroyed us. He played 93 games in his career against the Indians. His numbers were the following 301 with a 897 OPS, 22 home runs. (laughs) Okay. So the guy absolutely destroyed the Indians and especially at progressive field, like you said, with his numbers in progressive field, which were so impressive, and and you know, so so that's a, a, a nice thing. And I'll tell you another great thing about him. Zach Meisel brought this up in his piece about it. He was oh, Zach Meisel, he won friend of the friend of the pod. Um, he's a, you know the Indians have have been so platoon heavy and mixing and matching in the outfield essentially now for you know five years that. It's going to be nice to have somebody who's going to be penciled in and playing every single day. Right. He's going to play him righties versus lefties. He has the same slash line, essentially, against oh, righties that he does. Now, now we're diving into some splits. Yeah, but it's important to know. I it mean, is, like, oh, yeah. Jordan, like Jordan Luplo, okay? You're not playing Jordan Luplo against right-handed bats. You're just uh, right-handed pitching. You're just not. They tried it. Unless, it's, it's, John, unless it's Jonathan Loisega. <laughs> yes, good call. Good I, wa- I watch. I watch that at bat like once a week. Was that the walk off homer last? No, year? that was that's the that was the two run double to tie the game against the Yankees oh, yeah, in the playoff yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh my god! How could I forget? That was. You know what I watched yesterday? By the way, speaking of Zach Meisel, from the gutter to the grail, Trevor Bauer rap video. <laughs> I got down the. Uh, oh my god! I, I I saw you guys tweet that, so I listened to it. That is. That is. How I, that is something else, huh? Cody Allen turned the heat up. <laughs> Come on. Was, uh, Zach, I was texting with Zach yesterday. He said he had that on a loop one time driving back from a road game. <laughs> it's good. For as much as it, for as ba- for, it's so it bad, terrible. it's good. <laughs> What's it's terrible, maybe. Oh, jeez. That, that's insane. That that, the beat kicks in from the gutter to the grail. <laughs> he sounds so white. It's just the whitest. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so good. That is so good. <laughs> but 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 anyway, um, 
to uh, uh, Eddie Rosario, you know you're going to play him every single day. I mean, I got to believe with the addition of Rosario, and, and, and we can talk about what this does to the roster. I don't think you're going to – I just don't know how you can start Jake Bowers or Bobby Bradley at first base. And to me, adding Rosario gives you the opportunity to make Josh Naylor kind of a first baseman slash outfielder and have him as the platoon partner with Luplo. And then the days that left-handed pitching comes in and Luplo plays the outfield, you put Naylor at first base. Um, I believe that, the, you know, Josh Naylor needs to play every single day. I mean, Eddie, you know, we, we all love – you know, everybody is is infatuated with platoon splits these days in major leagues, and I understand it. And the Rays use it to perfection, and you know the Indians have had some decent success in using it too. But there's also something to be said with I know this guy's going to be in the lineup every single day, and if a guy's going to be establishing himself as a major league player and one of your core pieces that you hope he's going to be, then I believe Josh Naylor should play every single day. So to me. He should become Luplo's platoon partner in right field. Rosario should be every day in left field. And then you have Naylor playing first base against left-handers. And then maybe you have Bowers and Bradley, you know, at first base a little bit, uh, you know, against uh, right-handed pitching. Right. Where, where do you sit with that? Um, I think Josh Naylor was brought here for a reason. You, you can't not play him. Uh, you know, the Mike Clevenger deal, general managers always stick with the guys that they acquired most recently. People forget Jake Bowers is even on the team. To sit here and go, well, we traded Yandy for Jake Bowers, and so we have to do something. No, they, not at all. The Naylor trade was highly visible. It was, you know, Mike Clevenger being dealt, and and, and the key piece, at least, you know, as far as the major league team right now is Naylor. Not not saying they don't love Gabriel Arias or anybody else that was in that trade or or Miller or any of those guys, but you got to play Naylor. He was brought in for a reason. He the change of scenery. He had a a very good two. I know it was only two, but he had a very good two playoff games. And you're right. I I would assume that opening day. And who knows when that is? Who knows what pitcher would be on the mound or whatever? Um, that the the Indians would have Josh Naylor at first base, and um, I think he's better at first than in the outfield. And, and, and Eddie Rosario in le- Eddie Rosario in left. And I would assume that Oscar Mercado will shake off the sophomore slump and the cobwebs from last year, where he couldn't even put the bat on the ball uh, and play center field. And then right field could be a mix of Daniel Johnson, Jordan Luplo. You mentioned Bowers. Um, I mean, I don't know about Naylor in right field, uh, but although I don't know about Bowers in right, we also could go maybe, through. Maybe you make. Well, maybe you make. Maybe it's a. You know, I also am ready for Daniel Johnson on the regular. I think he did not get enough uh, a fair enough shake last year for sure. Um, you know, they gave him that small audition at the beginning of the year, and then they buried him, and then they never gave him another shot, which I don't understand. And I know that he's not a true center fielder by trade, but he has played some center field. I would put him in, in 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 spring training. Let him win a job. Maybe yeah. Maybe he plays some center field in spring training, and they're like, you know what? We can get away with this. He, he's he's knocking the cover off the ball. Let's make him the guy in center field. Maybe maybe he's the platoon partner in right field with with Luplo 
and then Josh Naylor is just your first baseman every day, and and you say enough and you know Bowers is a utility, you know, a, a bench guy who can play some corner outfield and some you know late inning defense uh, at, at first base, and you know Bobby Bradley, who's for you know graduated from AAA, just has to start back in AAA again. I mean, we, we talked about this on the last pod. I'm I'm of the opinion that Bobby Bradley's a 4A player. Pedro Serrano, who will never be able to hit breaking stuff. Um, and I, I just, I, I, listen, I, I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, they, I, I've seen a lot of comparisons to Jesus Aguilar. And, well, you know, Jesus Aguilar never got his, his uh, a real chance here. I, I don't believe that's true. Every time he came up, he didn't show anything. No, not <laughs> so, the, sw- so, the swing. The so, swing was very long. Yeah, and and sometimes guys have to go. You know, we've we've seen this many times. Sometimes guys have to go to other, you know, franchises to uh, uh, you know figure it out. And yes, uh, in Milwaukee, uh, Jesus Aguilar had his one great season where he hit the thirty five homers. Um, but but since then he he hasn't done much. So so it's really he's he had he's had one great season. With that said, I think the best team the Indians are going to field is going to have Daniel Johnson in the lineup somewhere and probably Josh Naylor is your first baseman um, or you know I, I just a center field's a worry um, first base well, situation to me is a worry but <coughs> where I'm not worried now is that we have competent an additional competent major league hitters that are going to protect Jose Ramirez because as you and I spoke before the Eddie Rosario um deal was signed why would anybody throw anything to jose ramirez when he had nothing basically backing him up other than Fran bill reyes well, so, but but when 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 uh, reyes was cold in one in one of his slumps you're right it was a miracle that ramirez saw anything to hit now yep. you, you you know let's say mercado has a big spring and they go all right cesar hernandez leads off they'd put mercado second and then you'd have ramirez reyes and rosario uh, that would be pretty darn good. And then Reyes would get some protection with Rosario, too. That really lengthens the lineup. But again, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where they put him. Uh, you know, the two-hole has become so important. Uh, i got to believe Cesar Hernandez is obviously going to lead off, and, and Jose Ramirez is going to hit. You know, the, Rosario, Ramirez, and Reyes will all be, you know, in middle somewhere. Uh, it's it's just going to be interesting to see where they place them. And I think that speaks to where we can segue into Ahmed Rosario. And where does he fit into this puzzle now? Because you've heard trade, you know, you've heard trade rumors that the Reds would really love to get Rosario. And it doesn't sound like the Indians are married to keeping him either. No, no, they're not. And uh, let, let's get into that. And I also want to throw another defensive scenario out there. Let's do that next. But first, uh, you know, Dr. Ben Hornstein, uh, if the Indians and Reds are going to make a trade with Ahmed Rosario, there's nobody that knows Cleveland sports and Cincinnati sports better than uh, Dr. Ben Hornstein at the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Is, is that, isn't that true? That, talk about from the gutter to the grail. It was never in the gutter. You know, it's, it, what, it, what is so nice is yesterday, and this is this is the kind of personal touch you get at uh, the Center for Advanced Dentistry. My lovely wife went in yesterday for a, you know, her her cleaning, and I got a nice text afterwards, and he said, "I just saw your wife. You're a very lucky man." I mean, come on, you know, it doesn't get much better than look that. at Ben. Wow, yeah, CFAD CFAD dot net. He's a high class individual. 
Dr. Van Hornstein will give you that personal care. Um, everybody on his staff couldn't be nicer. Uh, they take great care of you. They have the most state-of-the-art equipment going. Um, during COVID, they are extra careful um, with their protocols, as as, uh, as I've told you before. So if you need a dentist on the east side or even if you live on the west side and, and you know you don't mind taking the short drive, come on over right off of the Chagrin Boulevard exit uh, in the Orange Place, uh, um, you know, Right there, right right by the great Bob Evans that's been there forever. Um, come check him out. The Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, CFAD.net, or on Twitter, at CFAD Beachwood. And uh, don't forget, too, if, you, if you're looking for Browns gear, Tribe, Cavs, uh, whatever it is, BreakingTea.com. If you go to the website, BreakingTea, the letter T.com, slash dairy, uh, shop around. Get yourself some brown stuff, some cool Indians T-shirts. I love the Zach Plesac shirt. I wear my Tristan McKenzie T-shirt all the time because the folks at Breaking Tea do it right. Put in the uh, promo code TRIBECAST10 for 10% off. Uh, BreakingTea.com slash dairy. They are the best, and they always have updated stuff no matter what the sport is. Uh, uh, I don't even know if they have a courtside Karen T-shirt yet for what happened with uh, I'm surprised that, uh, that, that LeBron. They, I'll tell you what they do have right now for you Cavs fans. Yeah. Got a nice Sexland hoodie. Oh, yeah. You, get you can buy. Not only the oh, T-shirt, yeah. but the but the sweatshirt, the hoodie as well. So breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Promo code TRIBECAST10. You get 10% off at a Breaking Tea. All right. Uh, real fast. The Rosario thing I want to get into, Ahmed Rosario, but... The one thing that scares me, Todd, about defensively is if I ever see an outfield, and you mentioned this if they move Daniel Johnson to center, if I see Eddie Rosario in left, Daniel Johnson in center, and Josh Naylor in right, that's a problem. No one, I mean, no one is happier that Eddie Rosario is here. I love the guy. I mean, I, I love his game. Not a great defender. Like, he can run and he makes plays, but sometimes some bad routes. Uh, I was a little erratic in the outfield the last couple of years. Yes, big arm, though. Yeah. Does, have, does have the strong arm. How many good? How many yeah, times did he throw Frankie out at second this year, where Frankie was trying to extend a, a single into a double in Minnesota? It must have been a couple. There's there's, there's something I won't miss. <laughs> C minus base running of Frankie Lindor the last two years. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm not here to bash Frankie. I love him. No, Sorry. no, no. But um, that's not an outfield that I think defensively uh, okay. Tito would be comfortable putting out there. Is what I'm saying. From a defensive you know, standpoint, I'll play. I'll play devil's advocate and say that we've seen horrible outfields in the last couple of years, and I would trade some of that outfield. The, the way things are in baseball now, with so many strikeouts and so many home runs, and the way the Indians' pitching staff strikes guys out, I would substitute. I, I would not substitute. What's the word I'm looking for? I would sacrifice. I would sacrifice some outfield defense. If it's going to get me my best, uh, um, you know, my, my my truly best bats in the lineup, do you want to know what? And this is again courtesy of Zach Meisel. Do you want to know the last time the Indians had a thirty uh, home run starting outfielder? Do you, do you know the answer to that? Uh... As uh, as uh, 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 Gary Parish and Matt Norlander would say on the Ion College Basketball Podcast, trivia time. Oh my God! You are geeking out. Who was the out. last Indian to hit thirty home run? Indians outfielder to hit thirty home runs in a season. No cheating. Go. It wasn't Lonnie Chisenhall. 
no. Lonnie, Lonnie never hit 30. I no. don't think Lonnie ever hit 20 in a season. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. I uh, love Lonnie. What about the home run off of David Price, though? Off the glass? That was I'm beautiful. with you for that one, baby. That was beautiful. No, I was not at that game. Yes, that, you were. No, I was not. That Off was of David Price. Yes, you were. That was game was two. I was a game. I was a game one. That was game two. No, you were. No, you were at that game with me a hundred percent. I was in the club seats in the sun. No, that was Toronto. You and I sat in the club seats in the sun. That was the Blue Jays. I came right, in for three right, games. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I know you it was one for. No, you went to one for series. You one for game, series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Game one against Boston. Game two against Toronto oh. and game seven against the Cubs. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that one. No. I have watched Rajay's home run about a hundred times. Hey, Rajay Davis is working for Major League Baseball now. That's pretty awesome. That, that is that you know what? God bless that man. He should do whatever he wants the rest of his life as far as I'm concerned. Oh, and he, he should is. get everything he's ever wanted. Lonnie Chisenhall, by the way, the most home runs he hit in a season was thirteen. <laughs> That's 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 Not a terrible guess. Zero. That's a terrible oh, guess by me. The last yes. Indians outfielder to hit thirty home runs, Richie Sexton. I don't know. That's a that's a good guess. Uh, uh, Glenn Allen, Glenn Allen Hill, Mel Hall. No, the, well, correct no, answer, we... the correct answer is Grady Sizemore in two thousand eight. I mean that is pathetic. Pathetic. That long the ago, have not had an outfielder hit thirty home runs. Since Grady Sizemore did it in 2008, how about that? I mean, that's what well, that just shows you. Just you know, uh, the, and you know, the the person who did the the feat before that was Ellis Burks in 2002, who still lives here in Cleveland, by the way, and I see around town from time to time on the east side, and he couldn't be a nicer dude. Can we talk about the 07 team or no? Oh, yeah. You know that's right we in my can, wheelhouse. Oh, man. Frankie Gutierrez's grand slam off of John Lester. Come on. What a what a likable group. What a what a terrific team. And, uh, ugh, that just, uh, again. Did we ever tell the Tom Massey story? On the pod? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe. Was that, oh, was that the year? Was that, was, that, <laughs> was that the year after in 08? No, it was 07. When we, went, we, went to, we went to Dallas. Me, you, and executive producer Jeremy, we went to Dallas on our tribe trip in '07. No, oh, but I thought I thought I went up to his. I thought I went up to his family and thanked them for what he did the oh. year before. Okay, you're right. It was 2008. I, I'm just way off. You're right because you did thank him. <laughs> that was the friggin' best. The Masney family <laughs> in Texas. Tom Masney was a good man. He was. Good, good ball player. He had, he, had, he had a nice little run there. I liked him. What number did he wear? Is he 50? 47. 47? Before Bauer, he was 47? I believe so. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. That's off the top of my head. Either 47 or 57. You have to Tom look that up. Nasty. All right, I'm going to look that up. You talk, I'll look that up. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was good times. Wow, that's, that is pretty pathetic that the Indians haven't had a 30 home run. I mean... And Zach and others have written a, a lot about the Indians' outfield woes for for so long. And look, I, you're right about this whole you know what do we what you know they they got the two Rosarios now Eddie and Ahmed, um, yes. so they've added some bats. Uh, the question is, I've said this and I'll continue to say this: Andres Jimenez, I think, can be very special at shortstop. I I don't know if he's going to hit a lot, but I think he can be really really good defensively, and I think we would love watching him play and. This notion that, well, they'll just start him off at AAA and start his clock late and all this crap. 
But if they're really, if the Reds are really looking at Ahmed Rosario as far as a bat goes, what are they willing to give up to get him? Like if they would want him at shortstop, because right now the Reds don't have a shortstop. Um, I just worry about Rosario's defense. I just think Jimenez is the superior defender. And the reason why last year the Mets shoved Rosario out to the outfield and put Jimenez at shortstop. Well, and now with the addition of Eddie Rosario, you're not going to do that experiment that we were talking about uh, on the last pod, which was, you know, making, you know, uh, Ahmed Rosario into an outfielder, maybe putting him in left field, whatever it might be. So, the Reds needing a shortstop is obviously interesting. Other teams, you know, you know, I think that you know the Indians bought low on uh, Ahmed Rosario. I don't think people, you know, talk about this enough. He was like a top ten major league baseball prospect not that long ago. Oh, Keith Law, Keith Law, years ago, just said, "Wait till you see this guy with the Mets." And it's been four, yeah. and it's been four years of meh. He's had his yeah. moments. He had a pretty good year two years ago, but. Uh, he's not he's not lived up to the hype and needs a change of scenery, but still pretty young. Absolutely, and so there's there's definitely some value there. And if the Indians could somehow flip him for one of the excess outfielders that the the Reds have, it wouldn't shock me one bit. And then, but but then we look up and you say, okay, if that's the case, then what does that say about Daniel Johnson and how the the uh, organization feels about him? Are they better off keeping? Um, uh, Ahmed Rosario playing him at shortstop, putting uh, Andres Jimenez down in, in AAA, um, which I don't think is the right move. But you know, needless to say, that is a strong possibility of happening. So it's going to be interesting to see what ends up um, because of the you know the fact that teams are seemingly interested in Ahmed Rosario. I just I, I come back to by the way, Tom Masney wore number forty. Uh, and we were in, uh, looking back in the archives, we were in Dallas in 2007. So I don't know. I, somehow the story has now been distorted. <laughs> really? Are you yes. serious? Yes, I'm looking at photos right now. It was July 20th, 2007. Really? I have the photo of you leaning over talking to the Massey family. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I thought the reason I went over. I thought the reason I went over to talk to them was to congratulate them on their son and what he did in the playoffs the year before. That's what I thought. That's why I thought I went over there. Is it possible that we went somewhere else in 2008 and you did that there? Uh, we went to Minnesota, but that wasn't the year. The last, the next year, I thought I was in. Do Texas. you remember who we sat next to in the first game at the when we went to Minnesota Target Field? Because I do. I Another don't. Another X. Tribe fan, X Tribe Legends wife. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll uh, give you a hint. He played the infield, and he wore number a single digit number. He batted left handed. He had a couple of nice moments, but he was a classic. I would like to describe him essentially as a low budget left handed Casey Blake. Mike Rouse. No, no. Uh. Come on. I don't remember. Jack Hannahan. Oh, yeah. The... sat next to his wife, the lovely Jenny. Jackie. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Jack Hannahan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good old number nine. Yes, number nine. I was going to say, you wore number nine. That would, that would be a dead giveaway. 
you know, you forget about those year, those lean years from oh, basically oh two. 0304 were terrible. And then 05 they were good. 06 they took a step back. 07 they were good. You know, but those 020304 years when it was just like, you know, the hey, our closer this year is going to be Scott Stewart and Jose Jimenez. You remember that or or Matt Hurgis. You know, like like we were throwing guys out. We are there. we are officially off the rails now. I mean, yes, just, we are. But those teams were so bad. Yeah, they and were I horrible. Think, but but to the point is, while they were so bad, I think that in watching those terrible years and gutting the team and training Jim, you know, letting Jim Tomey walk and letting Omar Vizquel walk and trying to play these, you know, you know the Ben Broussard types, you know, and all those garbage, and then you know you're, you're ending up trying to re- refill that pipeline. I think that they don't want to go through that ever no, again. And that's no. why they've tried to thread that needle for all these years of contending while rebuilding at the same time, which nobody's able to pull off. But Benny, they seemingly are able to do it somehow. Benny Benny had a good, a sweet swing. He really did. Um, I like Ben Broussard. I don't know what happened, but... He, he was, wasn't good. He had a sweet, a sweet swing, man. He, he had really a beautiful good. swing. You remember we used to fleece the Mariners every year. Like we gave up nothing for his dribble. I think I well, didn't we get like we got Chu, we got Chu, Chu, we got Chu. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and somebody else. It was there were three trades that we just like fleeced them, and they handed us players that were on the team for a long time. I can't remember who the third one was. That that Mariners organization. There there there's something, huh? Oh man, Oof. they are a mess. All right. Um, Here's the thing. What if Ahmed Rosario stays, has a good spring, plays some outfield, and and then you just you take the best of the lot, the rest of them, maybe Jake Bowers becomes a, an extra piece where he's a backup outfielder and a backup first baseman, maybe Daniel Johnson. That's what I think, that's I mean, what I think, his, his, I think Bowers' role is going to be. It has to be. You're not going to start him every day, right? He's got to be a role player. Right. No, I mean you even forgot he was on the team last year. So I'm excited for the spring, man. I I, I I'm looking forward to seeing what what Tito does with this group, and and I, I just cannot believe we've got Eddie Rosario. I know it's one year. I know it didn't get a lot of big hype because the Arenado trade happened the next day, but that dude's a beast. Eddie Absolutely. Eddie can really play. I was on with Chico the other night on the fan talking about it. I I love this kid. I really do. And now he's got a little chip on his shoulder. The Twins told him, screw off. He's also playing on a one-year deal for free agency. Yep. He's going to ball out, man. Yep. I, oh. And he's still, he's still young enough to where he, if he has another great season and they figure out whatever they're going to figure out, he's going to cash in. Speaking, uh, and before we go, I, I wanted to bring this up. I was discussing this on Twitter with some people yesterday. I saw a tweet from John Heyman. I sent it to you and uh, executive producer Jeremy. There were allegedly three teams involved in, in, in looking into Yasiel Puig. The Royals, the Mar- Marlins, and the Yankees. And now yeah. all three have said publicly they have no interest. What has Yasiel Puig done and is he, that, that he is essentially become a complete pariah from the game? He He was traded from the Reds to the Indians two seasons ago. He had that. He, he had a great early run with the Indians before that suspension from that brawl happened. 
before he came to the Indians, that Reds Pirates brawl. Yeah. The suspension hit. He didn't. He, he he basically fell off the table. He didn't hit a home run from from that point on, and then he could not find a home, or you know, for various reasons we don't know, could not find a home at all last season. You know, claims to be working out, great shape. He wants to come back. Yada yada yada. He's only thirty years old. He won't cost. Right? It. He won't. Co- he won't cost anything. Right. Like like the Indians just gave eight million dollars to Eddie Rosario. Now, if if they wanted. I'm sure they could have gone to Yasiel Puig and said, "We'll get. How about a million dollars, and you can come here?" He's got nothing else. He there's no way. Imagine. There's no way Tito wants to deal with that. Well, th- I know. I know. We, you and I have discussed this, and it's been, you know, it's kind of a not really a secret that Tito wasn't a huge favorite of Puig. But the fact that he cannot get a job anywhere. What is what is going on? I mean, seriously. Is there something I'm missing here? Right, not I mean, even, I not even like the Pirates would sign him, right? I mean, the Royals claim to not be in. Someone sent me an article from October that I did not see that he was being investigated for sexual assault. Um, uh, it's back in October, which I didn't know about. Did, did you know about that sexual battery after a Lakers game? I did not. No. So yeah, it was a woman sued him for sexual battery uh, after a Lakers game in 2018. Mm. Yeah. but uh, That could be it. That could be it. That story came out. Yeah, but that story came out October 31st, 2020. I mean, he didn't get a job the entire season last year unless people, unless they knew about it. So I just, to me, I, uh, there's a lot of bad guys in Major League Baseball for sure, but is is Puig that much of a clubhouse cancer? I guess so. He I mean, it's it's crazy to me, especially right? especially in baseball, where we, what we've seen, unfortunately, transpire over the last few weeks with all these stories that have come out, and um, teams usually would give second, third chances to players, especially if they thought they could help them. And uh, apparently, everybody's staying away from Yasiel Puig. So, what about uh, what, 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 do you want to have a quick conversation about? Former pitching coach Mickey Callaway. I, I don't actually. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I'm sick to my stomach reading this stuff about about how female reporters are treated in that sport. It's 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 gross. It's gross. I I, I can't. You know I I, I I can't even believe some of this stuff. Like, what what do you what, what what are we doing here? This is 2021. Yeah. Terrible. The thing that's terrible. The thing that struck me the most was that. He just was so persistent, and you know, I mean, it, 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 it's it's. I just maybe it's you know, you and I have never been major league athletes, and we've never felt any sort of sense of entitlement, and and so you know, it just would never register to us. I mean, I I in, in my life, I, I said this to I was talking to Leah about this story the other night. I said, could you imagine like who is sending a hey? Here's a picture of me with no shirt on, you know, on my tractor, uh, a female MLB reporter. Would that do that for you? Would it do it for you? And what sucks for these women was all of them in the article said they felt like they had to be nice because of where he was in his career. And and it, like like literally all of them were like, well, you know, I didn't want to go out with them. But it was a. I thought maybe this could be a source, and maybe I should give. You know, it's, no, it's terrible. It just comes. Yeah, it's, it's, just, hard. it's just terrible. Yeah, men are disgusting as usual, and uh, it's just. 
it's just gross. I, it's just gross. And I don't, you know, another thing that was interesting in that article was that one of the women, I, I guess, either tried to, you know, called the new city or one of the other women and, and said, you know, the, be careful, stay away from this guy. But that his philandering or however you want to call it was the worst kept secret in sports. So, you know, if he's a true low-life scumbag, the fact that he continues to get jobs is a serious problem because this was going on in Cleveland, this was going on in New York, and how about the Angels? You just hired him after this debacle in New York. What kind of research did you do? What kind of... Well, I I mean, you know, all these teams are coming out with statements, including the Indians, and the Mets, to me, are the worst because... I agree. To me, you hired him as your manager... And you hired Jared Porter as your general manager. It's one thing for the Angels. How big of a background check are the Angels doing for their pitching coach? Same with the Indians. You're doing a little bit of a check. But when you're handing the keys over to your organization, to people like Jared Porter for general manager and manager Callaway, um, and, and this stuff doesn't come up, shame on you guys, too, for not, for not doing your homework. It's, it's it's a shame. It really is. It's uh, it's gross. It really is. You know, doesn't put uh, doesn't cast players, coaches, any of these people in a very good light at all. And and for for the young female reporters that want to get into this game, that love the game, that want to cover baseball and and do their job, uh, that to, to to have to work into that that type of environment is pretty scary and unfortunate. Yep. All right, brother. Great stuff today. Uh, another edition of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast. We'll see. Maybe they, they they swing a trade for Ahmed Rosario. I still think they're going to sign a reliever. I just don't know who and I don't know when, but I still think when we get to February or March, maybe right before spring training or whatever around there, that I think one more reliever will be added, in my opinion. There's still hundreds of free agents out there, and it's February. So someone's going to come in. You can you can uh, bank on it. There it is, the, another edition of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast here on a uh, Wednesday, February 3rd. Thanks to our friends from WaitingForNextYear.com. That's where you can find the podcast, of course, on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Our sponsors, uh, BreakingTea.com, the best T-shirts around, and, of course, Dr. Ben Hornstein and the Center for Advanced Dentistry. We'll see you. Coming up on 5-Minute News. I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.